0: Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. And welcome back! Thanks for joining us again for another uh, fun and very enlightening episode of the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm Stephanie Barnhart, joined today by again my most lovely and favorite co-host ever, Irene Weinberg.
1: Hi, Irene. Hi. Not to say that I'm not—I'm your only co-host. <laughs> That's
0: that's what I tell my son all the time. I'm like, you're my favorite son. He really. There you go. (laughs) I am really.
1: (laughs) I am really excited today because we have a dynamo who we're going to be interviewing. She is fabulous. Mm -hmm. She's Corby Mitlide is authentic. She's wise. She's a straight shooter, and she is fun. And you guys have to fasten your seatbelts. I've read her wonderful book called "Clean Out Your Closet." You "Clean Out Your Life Closet." If you've got stuff going on and chaos going on in your life, or you need a new perspective, this is the book to read. There's no doubt about it. And I've also had a terrific psychic session of my own with Corby, which was life-changing. So, be- let- without further ado, the fabulous fun, Corby Mitlide. Corby, tell us about you and what you do. And where are we calling, you're in upstate New York, right? Yes, about an hour west of Albany. So tell us, um, I mean, it would take, you could go on and on for four hours about what you do, but for all of our listeners, um, give us a little synopsis. Okay. Uh, it's what I call the
2: 30-second spiel. um <laughs> Doing work, uh, metaphysical work since I was 18. I'm 63. It's my full-time job. 40 weekends a year, coast to coast and into Canada. I am your straight no chaser reader. There is no fluffy bunny at my table. It's here are your opportunities. Here's the tough stuff. Here's your toolbox to rock and roll. Um, my life has been the roller coaster with no breaks, which is one of the reasons that I can work with people with difficult situations and it's not a matter of happy, happy, joy, joy and it's not doom and gloom. It's here's what we have to work with. Here's how you can work through it. As you mentioned, I have done three bouts of breast cancer, two divorces, the death of all three of my parents, but I still get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. There's your big difference. Hmm. What else you want to know?
1: (laughs) Right to the point. I love it. Right to the point. She's your kind of girl, Steph. And you're also, you're an intuitive counselor. You're a spiritual, an inspirational speaker. Yes. And you've been even a professional actress. You're public. And I read you're you're a television producer, a radio personality, an executive recruiter. And what do you call the power behind the throne to high profile CEOs?
2: Well, a lot of other people say, I'm the executive assistant. No, you're the power behind the throne. They cannot exist or I find their brain without you. It's one of those.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But these are all the things that I have done up until this time. Um, When my husband and I saw the towers burn on 9-11, I looked at him and I said, I need to do the metaphysical work full time. People need to know there's something else out there. And he looked at me and said, well, I believe in you. Go do it. So for a year, I did the metaphysical work evenings and weekends while I was still 70 hours a week as an executive recruiter. When I knew I could make a living at it, I basically, as I say, walked into her office, peed on her desk, and left. Boom, that was it. And I have not looked back. <laughs> this is the work I love. And it's six days a week, and it's traveling a lot, and I read about a 1,000 people a year. But one of the reasons I can wow. do that is I immediately drop into the compassionate space where my ego is on the shelf, read the magazine, completely focused on the person who is looking for their own answers.
1: Well, one of the things I love the most about you, Corby, is that your ego is on the shelf because I find a lot of spiritual people who help people in many ways, but man alive, they have a gift and a lot of times their heads get full of their gifts. It's more, it seems to be, for me, more head-centered than heart-centered and you're not like that. What brought you to be who you are, which is just delightful? And and I mean, you're not only good at what you do, but a person would enjoy experiencing you. When I live from
2: ego, I hurt. I'm always self-judging. I'm always judging, well, how are people looking at me? How are people taking me? And frankly, when you're a reader and you're in your ego, you're always trying to figure, is this the right answer, the wrong answer? There have been things that have come out of my mouth that my ego is looking, what are you nuts? And the people across from me are going, that's exactly right. You hit on what I needed to know. So if the ego isn't out of the way, you're going to short-circuit yourself. You just will. Or as uh, I believe John Holland puts it, we're the tube. It comes through us. The hammer does not go strutting around on your back deck going, look at this fabulous wood deck. I did such a great job. No, the hammer had its head racked against a nail, but somebody else held the hammer. We're the hammer. Spirit holds us, and we get the information through.
1: Now, you get the information through reading of the cards, but it's also... Psychic information that comes through to you, right? Intuitive information. I mean, so for those of our readers, those of our listeners who have never experienced going to a psychic person for advice, Mm -hmm. how does it come through you and how do they know that it's real? Okay. For one thing, I'm what I call a general practitioner. Uh,
2: I use different tools for different things. If you want to know about your everyday tour bus, house car, job, kids, okay, gotcha, put me here. I need some clues. I use my tarot decks and my oracle decks. If you just kept feeling like, why do I need to know about 1642 Belgium? That's a past life. That's directly channeled. Spirit guides, angels, and mediumship, otherwise known as dead people, that's all channeled. The cards are superb for helping people see what's in their way, what they keep stumbling over. Sometimes it's good for spiritual road as well. Now, while you mentioned Clean Out Your Life Closet, which is the self-help book that I started with and I love, the book that just came out is specifically on this subject, and that's The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. Because, you know, so many people want to go to an art museum, and they love the paintings. They don't want to pick up a canvas and paint and learn about oil painting. They just want to go and appreciate. It's the same thing with some people just want to go to an intuitive consultant, a psychic medium, and get the information comfortably and safely, but they don't want to learn to read cards and meditate themselves. And there are six billion psychic development books out there. I have not seen one like this where the, the title that we give it behind the curtain is Dick and Jane, go to a psychic and don't get screwed up. That's what this book is about.
1: So I want to know how you avoid the flying monkeys. That's got me fascinated. Who are the flying monkeys? The flying monkeys are the ones that I call the Madam hoo the
2: Swami Swellandas, and the fake gypsies who say, you have a family curse. I burn 400 special candles at a dollar apiece and you will avoid being in a car accident. Those are the flying monkeys.
1: Oh my God! Okay, that is great well, advice because I have I have come ac- because I'm in this world. I have come across quite a few flying monkeys. That is a great, great uh, I, I, ad- idea
0: and advice to give people. Please look well, at the the, On my side, like as Irene says, I feel like when you say flying monkeys, though, like my fear. Like, and Irene can vouch for this, I've always said, and I mean, I'm a little more open to it now, but my fear has always been going to a psychic and being like, well, what to expect? And they're like, oh, you're going to die in three days. And you're like, what? Honey, like, I don't want to know you that. You get that, you walk out.
2: You know, I'll tell you why. Because it is not only prof- unprofessional and immoral, but it is, in many states, illegal to predict death. That's and the other true. thing I explain is,
3: you yeah, know, we believe, don't have...
2: we. We don't have just one space. We have four or five. We come into this life with four or five possible exit points. You could die of a high fever at four, in a car accident at your senior prom, at a mugging when you're 42, at a brain aneurysm at 60, or prostate cancer at 90. As you approach those points, the soul looks and says, am I done? I'm done. I'll leave. No, I'm not done. Let's stay. I mean, how else can you explain? That I was in a car accident, flipped the car, took down a tree, a telephone pole, electrical wires all over it, and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and I walked out unscathed. That was clearly a time when I could have exited. And if a psychic had said, I see you dying in a car accident, I probably would have died of fright. None of their business. I'm telling you right now. They ever pull that, you say, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear that, you get up and you
0: leave. Well so that's a crazy thing that you even just said that I never really thought about that, that you come in with like five different exit ways because like I you know, like and I don't think I'm the only one because I didn't even think about that she said that. But I feel like there's always been that moment when you're like, Whoa, that was a really close call, you know? Yep. hmm And it could have been. That's so wild to really think about, honestly. But like you're right, like nobody really that, and I know we've kind of talked about that with Irene too where um you know she's like talked about you know when people kind of get depressed and stuff and you know they decide to change their life path like you make that decision on your own
2: yes that's exactly right remember it's free will um, right now does that mean that our guides and our angels and spirit don't help us with a tailwind of course but The way I explain it, because a lot of people say, well, how can there be predestination and free will? Like this. You go to college, you decide you're going to be a history major. That's destiny. But you could either take gut courses or choose double major plus lab. That's free will. You're going to graduate with that degree, but how tough you make it on yourself is the free will question.
1: And how many people go to get a degree and then their life path takes them someplace completely different? Well, that's possible. But what I'm talking about is the idea of the
2: spiritual degree. I'm using Mm -hmm. it as allegory. If you decide you are going to go through this life and learn more how to value yourself in a female body, because other lives uh, you haven't really understood what it's about, you've used it as a bargaining chip or whatever, there will come a, a crux point in your life at some time, when you can either take the gut course, which is, well, I will take care of myself and I will believe I'm worth something, or you can believe, well, that person who told me I was worthless, I guess they're right, and live your life acting as if you are worthless until you realize what your worth is. You're going to graduate, you're going to transition back upstairs with learning about valuing the female body, but you can either do it with a pain-free life or a painful life. That's the free will I'm talking about.
1: That's fantastic. You know, Corby, there's so many, I mean, I could talk, I could make this interview with you uh, three hours. It's so interesting because you also talk about, and you also know that uh, you do work with people uh, for what, and and a lot of people don't know this, that we make plans before we come into this lifetime. And you're able to, to key into the people in our lives and the things that are going on that were pre-planned. Yes. This is not the pre-birth planning session. What you're talking
2: about is the work that I did with Robert Schwartz right. in his books, Your Soul's Planning, Your Soul's Gift. Um, the two main channels that work with him in both books are myself and my dear friend, Stacy Wells, Stacey who we've Wells. also interviewed on our podcast, everyone. Well, there <laughs> you go. There you go. The way I explain it is Stacey is a brilliant technical surgeon, and I'm the priest-inspirer storyteller. She's the one who literally can see the pre-birth planning session and the... the Computer flowchart and the whole thing. I am the one who was Rob's expert on past lives because I see them in complete detail. And I am also the one who can actually channel your soul for you, your higher self. So that's, that's how I work with someone. And again, that's a perfect place for where the ego needs to be out of the way. When we worked with Rob on your soul gift, there was a chapter on um, abortion and miscarriage. And I channeled this woman's higher self. And I listened to the tape later and my jaw dropped because what she was saying was nothing at all as I believe or perceive, but it's what her higher self saw. So that told me that my work was clear that day. The ego was nowhere to be found. And I told that woman exactly what her soul wanted her to know. Hmm.
1: That 's fantastic, Corby. You know we often ask someone to tell an inspiring story of how they 've helped someone to heal, but I would really love you to tell people the inspiring story about how you came through three different bouts of breast cancer and how you made it through. I think that is amazing and and the grit and determination and what it, and and the advice you can give people from your heart about. Um, coming through trauma like that and and despair like that and uh, so many people would feel it's over and uh, how you did that. How how did you come
2: through that? Well, um, using the example of learning to be okay in a female body, that was me and that is my story in your soul's plan. I am actually in the second chapter under the pseudonym of Doris. Uh, Rob changed it because we didn't want you to get Corby the medium mixed up with Corby the the subject. Mm -hmm. But I... From the time I was 11, I had a Dolly Parton figure, 44 triple D, tiny waist and hips. And I was convinced that nobody looked at me um, above the neck or below the waist. This was all I was worth. And the universe spirit was trying to say, no, we have more work for you to do. So I got two bouts of cancer that dealt with radiation and some surgery, but they were still there. All of a sudden, a year and a half after I finally married the right guy, I get a second primary. And the doctors say, three strikes, you're out. We're taking the breast, we're taking the ovaries, and you're going from this Dolly Parton figure with a libido of a 17-year-old boy to a fire plug with massive amounts of side effects in four months. There's nothing you can do about it. Tough. Now, I went home and cried for 24 hours. I'm normal. But I know what I learned from work with the Option Institute in Massachusetts for many, many years. You always have to ask yourself three questions. What am I unhappy about? Why am I unhappy about that? What do I think would happen if I stopped being unhappy about that?
1: Is that that like the body-mind connection, Corby? That would be the body-mind
2: connection. I'm not sure. This is simply the option process dialogue that I have worked for myself since the 80s.
1: So I said, all right,
2: I know there are three things I have to find to be okay with this. And I don't care how stupid they are. So the first one was, well, if I don't have them, I can't get cancer there. That's good. Number two the top half is not going to get slammed in the refrigerator door at the doctor's every year. And every woman out there knows exactly what I'm saying. Third implants. Cool. I'll be perky till I'm 93. So I I went in six hours of surgery, came out of Mass General in three days, shopped for a bathing suit in five. It is now 14 years later next month. Yes. I'm still a fireplug, totally no figure. Yes, I still have all the side effects. I'm one of the lucky 10% that they're permanent. So I get constant hot flashes and have for 14 years. But I'm clear of the cancer. I use it to teach with. I am out of the, the body is all I'm worth. And I'm completely in my own whole person. And Carl and I celebrated our 15th anniversary last October. What Was it blessing? easy? No. Was it possible? Absolutely, but you always have to go into it saying, what do I want to make of this situation? How can I find the happy in the tough? And that's a total choice with your attitude. Yes, it is. But it also helps when you have someone who can help you look at it objectively. Right? Make sure that you surround yourself with your tribe. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have people who identify themselves as, I am a cancer survivor. It was something that happened to you. Now move on. I don't talk about my cancer unless it's asked in a radio or television interview
3: um,
2: or someone has it and is dealing with it. But it's, I, I don't wear pink ribbons because, frankly, that's just corporate money. I do not constantly put that forward as who I am. It's as if you won a Mahjong tournament, tournament at 35 and you always lead with high. Um, I won a Mahjong tournament. I'm a Mahjong champion. But there's so much else that happened in your life. Right. This is who you are, and it's part of your story, but it's not the story.
1: That is so wise, because a lot of people remain in their swamps of whatever, they, whatever happened to them, and they never can move on from it. Exactly. And there's so much, well, when I had the car accident, it's the same type of thing. I could have, I my husband was dead next to me, and I could have given it all up. As they pulled me out of the car, I said, I'm going to get through this to the other side. And I just I, I scripted myself and I was determined. It's it's all about how you program yourself in the moment. And because of what happened, you now teach with it.
2: Yes. Nothing happens gratuitously. All of it can be used to reach out to somebody else.
1: Absolutely. That's why we that's why it's so great when someone who has lived and been through things the way you have can advise others who are going through things, you have an extra like about 40 layers of understanding yeah. that you can Thank help you. them. That's great. Corby, do we have time? I'd like to ask you if you have a, a terrific story of healing that you've done with someone. And then I, and I'd, like, Dennis, I'd like to ask you one other question, but do you have something on your mind that uh, through your readings or the work that you've done in any way that you've really uh, made a dramatic, um, change just so people can enjoy and hear what, you're, what, you, what they can do and how they can heal by being uh, associated with you? Well, um, the thing that I do
2: have uh, that has always kind of blown me away is um, I stay where my people need to be. Uh, so if I go to um, one of my reviews, Okay, better somebody else should talk than me. But a perfect example is the one that says, I've been working with Corby for six years. Uh, She was one of the psychics who aided people in Robert's books. I was going through a very tough and complicated time in my life, and reading this book let me know that I could find guidance. Corby's contact was in the book. She is accurate, kind, and truthful. She doesn't sugarcoat things. I have gotten through a very difficult situation and come out the other side with an enormous appreciation for my life, a better relationship with my children, and I am finally finishing my master's degree. Now, that's really all her, but I was there as the compassionate but objective person who said, here are your paths, which one do you want? Where do you wanna be powerful? Always, it's an empowering reading. Do not ask a psychic, should I do this, yes or no? You should say, this is what I want. How do I make it happen? That way, you will not get a psychic who says it's impossible you 're under a bad cloud, you have to burn all these candles, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, always make sure you leave a psychic feeling
1: better than you walked in because they 're there to give you advice and guide you from a higher perspective theoretically,
2: yes, um, and you know you're always there's always going to be a time when the psychic you go to is not your metaphysical flavor of ice cream, as I say, um, I will perfectly admit there is one person out of 50 reviews who thought that I was the monster of the world. But clearly it was her perception, because if you read the other 49 reviews and then you read what she says about me, you can see she was in her own head. Yeah. And all I did was bless her, hope her journey is good. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. But very quickly, people wanted to know how to choose a good psychic. That's in the first two chapters of the new book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. And what I'm going to do for people is if they write to me at Corby at FireThroughSpirit.com or Corby at com and order the book through me, it's not on Amazon yet, I'll cover the shipping. So it's free shipping. If you want this book, it has just come out, you want to make sure that you are on target for how to find intuitive counselors, how to use the information and not get stuck, that's your book.
1: That is great. That's great. And people should read that because it'll take away the fear also of making a mistake, wasting their money with the wrong person. That's great. What were you going to say, Steph?
0: So the only way they can get the book you're saying right now, Corby, is through you to actually get it, and you'll send it to them free sh- with free shipping.
2: That is correct. If they want it on Kindle, they can go on Amazon, but we're wrestling with Amazon and its, its new regulations about putting the paperback on. If they um, want the paperback mm-hmm. or the audiobook or the Kindle of Clean Out Your Life Closet, that they can get on Amazon.
0: Yeah, uh, Amazon can be challenging with books. Um, we're well yeah. aware that but okay because I was going to say well when would it be available too just to let them know but we'll we'll just say it, it, Bruce, I have you. it now yeah I have it now it's just a matter of
2: Amazon being a pain in the butt <laughs> that's all it is
0: so well, the other thing that I'm, I would I would like to read this book too because I'm just curious on like you know because I feel like the other thing like component that you're kind of bringing up here really quick is that you know a lot of people don't know what to ask a psychic you know what I mean and so you don't really know who these quote-unquote flying monkeys are because you know what I mean like like you're saying like you need to go in and say this is what I want how do I make it happen like I wouldn't even think that that I would ask I just kind of let them take the wheel and let them kind of tell me what they need to tell me and I wouldn't think like you know that's why I've always been afraid like they're gonna say like well you've got about five days to live and you know what I mean but No, 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 no. So much clarity. Like, you're right. Like, you choose your life path. You come in with five different ways. They can't really predict that because, you know, you don't really know. There's so many different else that could happen that you kind of take the charge of. So, I think that gives people a lot of perspective.
2: Thank you. The other thing I'm going to do for people, if you would like to have a reading with me, um, basically do a half an hour because I am fast, see what it's like. Um, I'm going to put a coupon code on my website and the coupon is BAGEL and that will take 25% off your first reading with me on a half hour general reading. You can taste, you can see whether psychic work is for you and if it's not, that's okay. It is not everybody's flavor of
0: ice cream. Well, I I might have to take you up on that for BAGEL. Like I told them yesterday, it's my birthday month and this is like my whole healing week and months from Cinco de to Mayo to Memorial Day. So maybe I will have to Irene's always up for me getting new readings. She loves to hear-
1: I'm always thrilled about that. And I and definitely um throw us on the list for your new book, Corby. Absolutely. We Stephanie and I would love love, you know, to get copies. That's fantastic. Okay. So remember a- people should
2: people should write to me at Corby at Corby dot com and say so they want a copy of the book, I will send them the little PayPal invoice and for the book itself and then send it out free so that they can learn how to avoid the flying monkeys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and, and uh, I have a feeling we're coming to our um, conclusion, so let me ask you, Corby, what is your tip for finding joy in life? Because your tips have to be fantastic. My favorite saying uh, is
2: from Robert Heinlein's book, uh, Time Enough for Love. In life, moderation is for monks. Take big bites. Don't be scared. If something looks gorgeous, if something feels wonderful, jump in and grab it. And don't assume that everyone else's pity party. You have to join in. If someone has a difficult time and you don't want to get involved, you can love them, but you can step away. You are not responsible for everybody else's tar pit. Stay out of the tar pit. Stay with your tribe. The people who understand that you get to get up in the morning, you don't have to get up in the morning.
1: I love it. And there's something that you say in your book, Clean Out Your Closet, that I thought was such great advice. A lot of people live their lives feeling they have to be perfect, and you give per- people permission to be imperfect. It's part of the path. It is. Uh, the example you're talking
2: about very quickly um, is also in. Uh, my uh, chapter finding happiness with what you have right now. There are times when I have to fudge recipes. There are times I just throw things together. It is not perfect. It may not be gorgeous, but it tastes fine. And so I don't worry about perfection. Did it work? Got it. That's all you need. Did it work? Um, It's fine.
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, Corby. I mean, I love it. You're tough. I feel your power already. It just gets me fired up. I love it. And, We're going to put all your information on our website as well so people can uh, find your email, um, how to reach you, and get that free shipping for the new book that's out, and also get the 25% off with the code um, to get a 30 minute reading, which I may look into here right after the call. So, um, you know, again, thanks for joining us, Um, Irene. Thanks. Yes. I am thrilled that we brought Corby on. I mean, I, 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 there is
1: not a single person listening to this podcast who could not use Corby's wisdom and guidance and a hit of her fantastic personality and authenticity. It's uh, it's a pleasure, Corby, to know you. I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome.
0: Thanks, As
1: I like to say, to be
0: continued. Yes, be <laughs> yes. continued for our next episode of Grief and Rebirth. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye for now.